This last March, I believe it was, I had the opportunity and the privilege to speak at a men's conference. And uh, the keynote speaker was the speaker we're about to hear. He's going to tell you a little bit more about himself, but if you really want to know and really be blessed, buy his book later on today. But he is chaplain of the Yankees and the Nets, and he used to be of the New York Giants. Oh, somebody hold me up. <laughs> I, I wish it wasn't used to be, but praise God. He's a mighty man of God, and the, and the short time we've got to know him, here's what we love about him. And Grace Church, I knew the first time I met him, I said, you need to come to our church. You know why? Because you're real. We, we, don't, we don't go for that. We want the real deal, and we want it spoken to us in power. And that's what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Willie Alfonso, let's give him a hand. Woo, come on. What's up? Pastor, well, children up to junior high, you are dismissed. One day for today, if you're in junior high, you're a sports fan, and you really want to stay, you're allowed to stay today. Good afternoon. You know, I just, uh, I just found out that uh, a young man that I know since he was very young, comes to this church. Hector Rodriguez. Woo! I know. I know his whole family. I know his dad. I know his mom. I knew him when he was a punk, you know. I know he's not a punk no more. He's a straight-up man of God. Now, I love his family, brother Omar and his sisters. I mean, I know him for over 30 years. You know, we helped raise these guys when they were young. They used to do Sunday school with them. Yeah, life is funny, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Amen. Praise God. How you guys doing? Great. Good. Woo! Amen, amen, amen. Any Yankee fans? You got any Yankee fans? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Any Met fans? Dear Lord, help that brother. That brother lost. He needs to come to Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, Mets are in first place, man. How long, I don't know, but they're in first place now. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Lord. I love being a chaplain to New York Yankees. It's a fantasy. Believe me, it's a fantasy. Oh, God, I'm glad to be here. I met your pastor a couple of months back, and we kind of hit it off real quick. You know, I love, I love real people, man. This brother, he's a real brother, man. So we hit it off right away. You know, I love that he's a man that loves his wife, that loves his children. That's what connects us. I'm, I'm married to my wife for 43 years. 43 years. Now, let me, tell you, let me tell you something about being married 43 years. I wouldn't stay with me 43 years. I wouldn't. I'm a complicated guy. And when we get to heaven, my wife's going to live in a mansion. I'm going to live in the projects, you know, because she stayed with me 43 years, man. The Lord's going to hook her up. Going to hook her up. I'm going to be living in the projects somewhere in apartment 5D or something. 
you know, that she stayed with me. I have three wonderful, three beautiful daughters. You know, uh, Hector knows them all. Well, he doesn't know the little one, but kind of would raise, his brother Omar was raised with my girls. Uh, my oldest girl is 40 years old, married. I have two grandchildren. A husband is one of New York's finest. He's a sergeant in New York City Police Department. My second girl is a professor of nursing at Wagner College and um, a maternity nurse. And then 15 years later, we had another one. God had this great sense of humor after 15 years. He gave us another one. And she's 25, and she's EMT. She works with AIDS patients. And God willing, she'll be going to the police department in January. You know? Amen. Amen. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just a blessed brother. I'm just, I'm just blessed. I want to read a verse before we start. Um, I love reading this verse before I speak because it's, it's a powerful verse. And it's in Ezekiel 46, starting at verse 9. Ezekiel 46, verse 9. And it reads like this. It says, when the people of the land came before the Lord at the appointed feast, whomever entered by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate. And whomever entered by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate by which he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. All right? Now, you may be wondering, what in the world is that brother talking about? <laughs> Listen, you guys came in here one way today, Right? God desires that you leave different. Amen. See, you came in through one gate. God wants you to leave through a different gate. It's really kind of dumb. Actually, to be quite honest with you, it's really kind of stupid to come to church and leave the same way. Yeah, yeah I said stupid. You know, this is the great thing about being the speaker. I can say whatever I want. If you don't like it, I don't really care. I'm going home. I'm not your pastor. I can get away with it. I can get away with it, man. Listen, God's desire, anytime we come to a time of feast, Sunday morning is a time of feast. Prayer meeting is a time of feast. Anytime we come before God's presence is a time of feast. And God says in his word, not me, that when we come at a time of feast, we come in one way, but his desire is that we leave different. Amen. Amen. That's what that verse is saying there. That's what it's saying there. I've been serving the Yankees. This is my 23rd year, I think it is. 23 years with the New York Yankees. Can you imagine being 23 years with the greatest baseball team ever, period, hands down? I also serve as a chaplain to the Staten Island Yankees because it's a minor league team. When Robinson Cano is no longer with us, he's with Seattle, when he first came, he played, he was 17 years old, he played for the Staten Island Yankees. I used to come home and my wife would be feeding him rice and beans and pork chops. <laughs> he was 17 years old. And when he made it to the major league and I went to spring training, I got a roll of paper and I threw it at his feet. He said, what's that? I said, brother, that's your bill. <laughs> that's for all the rice and beans and pork chops you ate in my house. Brother needs to get paid. Brother needs to get paid. Because you're making that stupid money, man. Brother needs to get paid. I'm just saying. Now, I said a little joke, so if there's any Dominicans here, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. We, we joke. I said, I want cash. Because you Dominican brothers, 
your bounce checks, you know? But that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Because I'm Puerto Rican, and Puerto Rican, they bounce checks all the time. <laughs> all right? I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm, I'm 63 years old, about to be 64. Now, I know the first thing that came to your mind when I said I was 63, you said, that brother looking good for 63. That brother looking fine for 63. You want a better profile? Hey, there you go. <laughs> 63 years old, chaplain to the Yankees, chaplain to the Nets, served five years as assistant chaplain to the Giants. Let me tell you why I'm not with the Giants no more. Because you got to stay out there in the cold. And I'm, and I'm Puerto Rican, man. We ain't down with the cold. We ain't down with the cold, man. And when you got your chaplain, he don't care who win, who lose. He just wants to leave. That ain't good. You be out there, be freezing, be hailing, raining. I be saying, man, frío aquí. You know? And I'm just... Living a fantasy, it just, you know, just, it just blows my mind that God would, 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 would pick me to do this. Check this out. Somebody has to do this, it might as well be me. Amen. I'm just saying, someone's going to do it, so it might as well be me. But, you know, it didn't start that way. The journey with God, the journey to get to where I am, didn't start with me having a championship ring. Didn't start with me doing Bible studies with the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball, Mariano Rivera. I was with him his whole career, and for 18 years, every third to fourth week, I would go to his house, and in his study, we would do a one-on-one -on -one Bible study. Can you imagine a Puerto Rican boy like me that used to be on drugs, that used to shoot dope, that used to snatch pocketbooks, now I'm sitting with the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. It ain't me. I'm not that smart. On my best day, I couldn't have done that. It's God. It's God. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker, straight up New Yorker, Brooklyn boy. Now, I live in Staten Island. But I ain't no Staten Islander. I'm from Brooklyn. Bedford-Stuyvesant, Projects, Lafayette Gardens, Williamsburg. That's where I grew up. I grew up in a home of seven kids. My father and mother, my father was a straight-up alcoholic. He was probably the most brutal, most abusive man that ever walked the face of this earth. He used to beat us every single day. My father was a merchant seaman. He had this garrison belt with barbarians, and he was a cook, so he used to have these big iron spoons. He used to beat the living daylights out of us with that stuff, man. He used to beat my mom all the time. I recall at six or seven years old, seven years old seeing my father push my mother out of a first look floor window. If you meet my mom today, she has 980 stitches from the palm of her hand to her shoulder from him stabbing her. And I used to watch my father beat my mom, and I used to say as a little boy, one day I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to man up. I'm going to tighten that boy up. I say that all the time. One day I'm going to grow up, and when he goes to hit my mom, I'm going to tighten that boy up. And when I was around 11 years old, that day came. And he was in the midst, he was drunk, he was in the midst of beating my mom, and I hit that dude, knocked him down. And he booked. I thought that was my day of freedom. I said, he's gone. 
we're free in here. But two days later, he called my mother and told my mother I'm coming back, but he got to go. So at 11 years old, my mother told me, you got to go. So I lived homeless on the streets of Brooklyn, eating out of garbage cans, living in an abandoned building, sniffing glue, sniffing Kabona, smoking pot, taking LSD, taking sunshine and blotters, drinking wine, drink that cheap wine, Boone's Farm. <laughs> See, I love, Pastor, I love doing that, because everyone that laughed drank Boone's Farm. Everyone they knew Boone's Farm. The question is, did you like apple or strawberry? That's the question. You got a lot of winos here, Pastor. Don't be quick to laugh when I talk because I'll be busting you, you know? <laughs> then I'll be drinking wine and I started doing heroin and started doing cocaine and started doing speedballs. My life was a mess, man. Never went to school. I didn't know how to read, didn't know how to write. But because someone can't read or write doesn't mean they're stupid. Matter of fact, people that can't read and write are smarter than those that can because we live life and do the same thing you do without knowing how to read and write. We just find ways to do it. We find ways to do it. I'm on drugs, off drugs, on drugs, off drugs, struggling. I'm 26, 27 years old. Someone hired me in, in a print shop in a brokerage house and taught me how to run these printing machines. And next you know, I'm running a three quarters of a million dollar press. How ironic. I'm running a three quarters of a million dollar press and I can't read. Printing press print things to read. There were 60 of us, all black and Hispanics. We'd be getting high, we'd be hanging out, we'd be drinking. And one day, one day, they hired this new supervisor. He was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy. <laughs> and when they hired him, and I saw this white boy, I said, I'm going to eat this boy up. <laughs> He's my boss. Ain't happening. I'm going to eat him up. His name was Otto Lang, German, blonde hair, blue eyed dude. And he came, and the first thing he said to me when he met me was he said to me, Willie, I want to tell you something. I said, what's up? He said, Jesus loves you. I looked at him, I said, man, that Jesus stuff, brother, that's for you. That ain't for me. That ain't for me. Where was your Jesus when I was eating out of garbage cans? Where was your Jesus when I was living in abandoned buildings? Where was your Jesus when my father was in the living daylight out of me? Get out of here with that Jesus stuff, man. I ain't down with that. You ever meet some of these Christians with that stupid smile? <laughs> Always telling you Jesus loves you. You ever meet them? You know? I'm one of them now, you know? Always got that stupid smile telling you Jesus loves you. you know? I think it's like a, it's like Chinese food is a combo plate. You know, I love you and a smile. You know? And every morning he would come to the print shop and tell me Jesus loves me, and then he would have a verse for me. So he'd tell me, Willie, Jesus loves you, and he would read a verse. And in the beginning it was kind of cute, but after a while I got tired, man. I didn't want to hear this junk, man, from this dude, man. So I would take his Bible, and I would glue his Bible. <laughs> See, in a print shop, there's some good glue, man. Yeah. And if you glue something, it's not going to open. 
And so I would go, you know, he would come in, I knew his routine, he'd go to the bathroom, i go, whoop, i glue his Bible. And he would go to the cutter, and he would cut the glue off. And he'd come back, he'd tell me the birth, then tell me Jesus loved me. You know, you got, you got some, of those, some of those radical Christians, you know. We call them Spanish, we call them hallelujahs, you know. Call them hallelujahs, you know. I grew up in Brooklyn, and in every corner there was a storefront Pentecostal hallelujah church. And they'd be, they'd be in there singing, alabare, alabare, alabare mi señor. And we used to get water, we used to get balloons and fill them up with water and throw them in there. Boom! Bang! We say, hallelujah, we run. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because now I'm a hallelujah, you know. I'm a hallelujah. <laughs> this crazy white boy, this crazy blonde-haired, blue-eyed German white boy decided to have a Bible study in our print shop. And I wasn't having it. I wasn't having it. I would go into that room a minute before Bible study, and I would light up two or three joints. I smoked the place up, man. I smoked it up. I said, if he's going to talk about Jesus, we all getting high. And I know people were getting high because then everybody had the munchies. You know? See, I got you again. All you that laugh, you'll know about the munchies, right? You'll know about those munchies, man. And he would tell me, Jesus loved me. Make a long story short, Otto left the print shop. I was kind of strung out. My wife was about to divorce me. I had two kids at the time. Otto gave me his phone number. I kept it in my wallet. And I called him up and said, check it out, man. About to lose my wife. I'm on drugs, don't know what to do. He invited me to church. See, my life consistently was setbacks after setbacks after setbacks after setbacks. At least that's the way I saw it. No new beginnings, but setbacks. So I told my wife, let's go to church. She said, yeah, all right, you're going to church. <laughs> but we went. Heard the preacher preach. Now I'm ticked off. Because he preached my life, I thought Otto had ratted me out. <laughs> went home. I felt such a tug to come back that evening. My wife didn't go. I sat all the way in the back and I made a deal with God. You ever make a deal with God? See, because God can handle any deal you make with him, any way you want to make it with him, any language you want to use, because back then, I wasn't a Christian. Every other word out of my mouth was a curse, so I'm saying, God, you know what? I'm cussing up a storm, man, and God's just looking down at me from heaven and saying, brother, I got it. I can handle anything you got to say to me. I said, check this out, God. If you are who you say you are, and you will get this habit off my back, nobody on the face of this earth will serve you like me. Nobody. But you got to put up so you can shut me up. And God said, bet. I got you. See, we tend to see God as, ooh, this Oh, no, God could handle anything you got to throw his way, man. Anything, any way you want to. Now, I don't talk to God that way now because I'm more mature in God and I know not to do that. But back then, I didn't know any better. He could handle it.
And I felt in my heart, God said, if you walk down that aisle, you watch what I'll do with you. I got up, I walked down that aisle, and I gave my life to Jesus. And I started this journey with God. Now, I often get very ticked off at these preachers, whether it be on TV or anywhere else, that say to you, come on to Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. I just want to tell you, if you've been believing that, I hate to pop your bubble, but boop, I'm going to pop it. Because you come on to Jesus, everything is not going to be all right. It's not going to be all right, man. But I'd rather go through the stuff I go through with him than by myself. Now, check it out. Now, I spent 26, 27 years of my life doing it my way. And it got me nothing but a habit. You come on to Jesus, everything is not going to be all right. But we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God that wants to give you comebacks from your setbacks. Amen. I remember <clears throat> reading this verse in Jeremiah 29. You have your Bibles, and you should have your Bible. We're in church. You don't even need to bring a book. Just go to your iPad or go into your, you know, iPhone. Get it in there, you know. In um, Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 11, you know, when I started walking with God, someone read this, man. I said, wow, that's for me, man. Check out what he said. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I heard that, man. So, so I call, if I call on the Lord, man, I can find him. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start calling the Lord. <clears throat> My pastor back then wanted me to get baptized. So he said I had to go to this growing in Christ class, you know, to get baptized. But I looked through the window, and I noticed that everybody had this little book. But I couldn't read. And I wasn't about to go in there and be chumped. Wasn't happening. I told a pastor there, and he went and got this teacher. Her name was Angelica Valentin. And for three years, every Tuesday and Thursday, she tutored me. And I would be in the house, and I would be reading C. Sally Run. It was humiliating. It was humiliating, man. <clears throat> but I looked at it like I had this big tree in front of me with a little axe. I was going to start chopping away and chopping away and chopping away and chopping away and calling on God and chopping away. And I started reading this verse that said, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I started chopping away. Right? Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And I'm chopping away, man. I took the GED test six times. They knew me up in there. <laughs> I get this, oh, Mr. Alfonso, you back. I say, that's right, I'm back. And <laughs> I passed by two points. Now, check it out. There's a beauty in passing your test by two points. 
There's a beauty to it. You know why? Because all we need to do is pass it by one. That's the beauty. You know, when the Yankees win, I don't care if they win by 10 or by one. As long as they win by one, we won, right? Duh. So I started this journey with God. Started walking with God. Started learning how to be a man. Started learning how to be a father. Started learning how to be a husband. I didn't learn, I didn't know those things, man. I just didn't know them. I didn't know what it was to be a father. I wanted God to bring new beginnings into my life. I wanted some comebacks in my life. I was desperate for these comebacks, man. But check it out. Sometimes to get God's comebacks, he may ask you to do something you don't want to do. Amen. See, that's where, really, it, that's where the problem is, if we were to boil it down. That's where the problem is. We will do what we want to do, but if he asks us to do something that we don't want to do, we ain't down. And when we say we ain't down, then he can't take us where he wants to take us. Because he tells us, to those that I could trust the little things, I'll trust the greater things. So if he can't trust you in uh, convicting you and telling you, I want you to take care of this, then he can't take you where he wants to take you. He can't give you the comebacks that we need. How many people here need comebacks? You know? We need comebacks, man. We need comebacks. So one day, my mother that I really have no relationship with because my mother is into voodoo. She's into what we call santeria. Voodoo, straight up voodoo, man. Straight from the pits of hell. Till today, she's still into santeria. And if you go to a house, when you walk in, right in the corner, there's an altar, and she has all these things and these flowers and these candy and this fruit, and she has a little jar with, with water, and she has somebody's name in there. She's cursing them. And then she'll take that person's name and write it on a piece of paper and put it in her shoe, like walking on them. Oh. All right? She does that to today. Okay? So I really have no relationship with her. But she called me up one day. Her and my father had divorced. He got remarried. He was living up in Spanish Harlem. He had a, a, a daughter. The state took the girl away because he abused her. The wife left him because... He beat the living daylight out of her. And my mother calls me up and tells me, your father is in the hospital dying. It was the winter and there was a lot of heat. And he went to open up the window behind the sofa. He had a brain aneurysm and he fell out. And he fell out with his face and his shoulder leaning on the radiator. He was there three days burning. So now I'm a pastor. Filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> See, see, this nonsense, man, of that I'm a pastor and people call me reverend or they'll call me chaplain or they'll call me pastor, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. I struggle just like you. There ain't no halo on my head. There ain't no wings on my back. Press the wrong button, you meet a different Pastor Willie. Oh, yeah. I'm just telling you straight up, man. A couple of months ago, I went to visit my daughter, and she, had, she lived in a building with an underground garage. I went and parked my car, had time with her. We had a time of prayer. We had, she cooked dinner for me, right? We prayed. 
when God's word just came out all full of the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> got in my car, pulled out. You know, I got half of my car on the street, half on the sidewalk. You know, New York. No one wants to give you a break. So this guy was walking by, and I guess he thought I was blocking the sidewalk, so he came and he hit my brand new car. I got a 2015 Grand Cherokee Chief, and he came over, he said, boom, move your, you know what car. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Bad move. Bad move. Bad move. Bad move. I rolled my window down, man. I said, yo, my man, can I ask you a question? He said, what? I said, you believe in God. I said, why you act? If that's a dent in my car, I'm going to tighten you up, man. I said, I'm going to tighten you up, bro. There better not be a dent in my karma, man. You must be crazy. I'm a pastor. I came out of the car, I looked. He started walking away. I said, baby, no, no, papa. A minute ago, you were man. You hit my car. Don't start running now. Then I catch myself. I catch myself, man. And I said, yo, my man, check this out, man. I apologize. I, I apologize. But man, this is New York, man. You roll up on the wrong dude and do that, you get fired up. See, I'm not perfect, man. I struggle just like you. I get tempted just like you. I've been going to spring training for 23 years in Tampa, Florida. 23 years, I've stayed zero in Tampa. They put me up in a beautiful hotel, zero. You know why I don't stay in Tampa? Women are too fine. <laughs> women are too fine, man. I just tell you straight up. Women, they're too fine. So therefore, I don't want to mess up what God gave me. I'm not coming home to have to explain to my wife that I cheated on her. I'm not explaining to my three daughters I cheated on their mom and to their grand my grandchildren tell them I cheated on their grandmother and have to come to all the churches I've preached in and say I can't preach there no more because I want to... So you know what I do? After I do what I do, I get in my car, I drive an hour and 15 minutes to Ocala. I stay with my brother. I'm safe there. <laughs> see, see, all I'm saying to you, man, is that you and I both know what we can handle and what we can't handle. And when we, when we say, I got it, that's when you don't got it. Amen. That's right. And if I want comebacks in my life, I got to show some obedience to God. And when he prompts me on something, I got to go with the flow. I got to go with the flow. Look, God, if you're here with the Lord, he ain't looking for you to be here. He's not, man. If you're here with the Lord and you could at least move here and he says, show me a little something, something. Saying, just show me a little something, something, man. See, I'm not banging up what God gave me. I'm not going back to shooting drugs. I'm not going back to not bathing for a month. I'm not going back to having rotten teeth. Are these teeth? They're all implants, but they're mine. I pay for it. I want comebacks in my life. And if I want comebacks, I have to be obedient to what I know is true, to what I know is right. To what I know is right. And plus, I can't cheat on my wife, man. Are you crazy? I'm married to the little short Puerto Rican girl. She will hurt me. That girl will hurt me, man. I'm scared of that girl, man. She's very quiet, don't say many words. Those are the dangerous ones. I want comebacks in my life, man. I want new beginnings 
in my life, man? Where in my wildest of wildest of wildest imagination did I think that I would be the chaplain to the New York Yankees, chaplain to the Brooklyn Nets? I'm not that smart. On my best day, I couldn't have done that. God. You know why? And listen, if I'm boasting, I'm boasting on the Lord. I really am. I'm boasting on the Lord. You know why? Because, see what you see up here? I'm a special dude. I am. Yeah. I'm straight up special, man. I'm straight up special, created and made by God. And God don't make no junk. Amen. Created by God to do something special that only I could do. See, when I was born, even though I was going through all that abuse, God said, I got you, bro. I got you, because I'll, I'll use the things that the devil meant for evil, and I'll turn them into good. I'll turn them into good. I spent 35 years working with inner-city kids. I just retired last year from working with inner-city kids. Worked with thousands of inner-city kids in New York and New Jersey. Thousands. Thousands. They were going through the same junk I was going through. God said, what the devil has meant for evil, I'll turn into good. I'll make you special. See, someone has to do this. It might as well be me. Amen. That's why I see it. Someone's going to be the chaplain to the Yankees. Amen. Why it has to be somebody else? Why Amen. can't it be me? Right. Somebody has to be the chaplain to the Nets. Why them? Amen. Let it be me. <laughs> and God said from the beginning that you came out of your mother's womb, I had a task for you. Now check it out. You want to get there? You want new beginnings? You want comebacks? And walk with me. Listen to me. Obey me. I had to learn where all my comebacks were. You know where your biggest comeback is? I want you really to listen, man. Your biggest comeback is here in church. Amen. Where it is. I'm telling you. Now, Hector and I, we went to the same church for a lot of years. A lot of years. Your biggest comeback is in God's house. It's in God's house, man. That's where it is. That's where you get fed God's word. That's when you meet other people and you have fellowship with other people. That's where you have other brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, brothers and brothers. You know, your brother be telling me, yeah, I'm going to be praying with, with sister so-and-so. Yeah, right, you better not. <laughs> you better not. You stupid. Come on, man. That's just straight-up stupidity. You know? Be praying with Sister So-and-So the day after you had a fight with your wife. Come on, man. What are you, stupid? You all feel me? I know what I'm talking about. Here in the church, that's where your comeback is. Here's where God will mow you. And guess what, man? If you've been hurt in church before, find a church that you can connect with. Find a church where you can connect with, man. Now, I know your pastor is just a short time, man, but I know this is a good man and his wife. These are good people, man. They're good people. They love God, man. They love you. They love you. Now, I don't know them that well, but check this out. Before I came here, I called a couple of my boys. I said, yo, how about my man here? Where he at? But <laughs> I ain't going to preach somewhere that ain't right. I'm not going to go preach somewhere that ain't right. I ain't going. So I checked him out. 
They say, he all right. <laughs> he all right. <laughs> he all right. Your comebacks are here in church, in the prayer meetings, in the ladies' prayer meetings on Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever that day was, in the men's retreats. That's where it's at. I'm telling you, man. People that just come to church on Sunday, that's it. You're going to struggle getting to the place that God wants you to get to. You're going to struggle, man, because you need to learn some things that you learn in the house of God in church. With a good pastor and a good pastoral staff and good leaders, they're here. They're here. You have no excuse. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I'm a special dude created by God to do something special for him. And every single day in my life, man, I'm seeking that. Every single day, man, because I'm special. But check this out, you're special too. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. I got a letter the other day from New York City that kind of ticked me off. Really ticked me off. It said, uh, Mr. Alfonso, we'd like to inform you that you can now get on the train and bus half fare. <laughs> you as a straight up senior citizen, You know, and you get on the bus or the train for half fare. I said, man, get out of here with that junk, man. You know, I'm at the best time of my life. I'm, I'm at the best time of my life, man. And listen, I want to get to heaven, but I ain't in no hurry. I ain't no, I, I want to stay here as long as I can, man. They're going to be dropping that coffin box that I'm going to be reaching back up. <clears throat> I want to get to heaven, but I'm in no hurry to get there. I want to do, I want to live all the years I can here and serve God all the years I can here. <clears throat> and I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing, man. Listen, I live a fantasy. I'm a, I'm a Puerto Rican dude from Brooklyn from the projects. I led Alonzo Mourning to the Lord, one of the greatest power forwards ever to play in the NBA. Ever to play in the NBA. He played for the Nets. I led him to the Lord. He's my spiritual son. And when he left the Nets, he went back to Miami and then went to the championship. He flew me and my wife to Miami to be there that day they won the championship. Awesome. And then last year, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he flew my wife and I to the Hall of Fame to be there when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. And it is in in his acceptance speech, he mentioned our friendship. That's crazy, man. If you buy his book that sold over a million copies, you go to chapter 10, it's all about our friendship. Where in my wildest of wildest imaginations? But God. But God. And listen, listen, you may call me selfish, and if you do, I don't really care. Okay? But I'm not satisfied. I'm not, man. I know that at my age, at my age and this age of my life, that God has something fresh and new for me. Here's the beauty about what I do, that if God woke me up tomorrow morning and told me the thing with the Yankees is over and the thing with the Nets is over, I could walk away. I can because I never made it mine. It was always his. Amen. I'm ready to stay what I'm doing or to do something fresh and new for God, because it's not about me, it's about him. Amen. It's about him. And I want to encourage you, I want you to encourage you, because you're just as special as I am, and God wants to do something special in your life. He really does, man. 
He really does. Not everyone goes into ministry, whether you're a cop, whether you're a fireman, sanitation, a janitor, sell insurance. It makes no difference. God will use you right where you are. Right where you are, man. Right where you are, he'll use you. He'll take you to places that you can never imagine. Listen, when I get on that plane, that plane ain't like the planes we get on. It's just not. You know, you walk in, you make a right, and it's a living room. Have leather sofas everywhere. You get to the middle of the plane, and it's a chef, and he says, what would you like to eat, sir? See, I like that. I like that. Then you get to the back of the plane, there's maybe a hundred big leather seats, especially in the NBA, because those, those are big brothers. You know, you have these big seats, they even massage you <laughs> as you're flying. <laughs> Where in my wildest dream? Where? I come here to boast on the Lord. I come here to tell you that God has many comebacks for you. No matter where you grew up, no matter what kind of parents you had, no matter what has happened in your life, God will give you a comeback time after time after time. That's why I wrote this book. It's why I wrote this book, man. Here, it's really ironic, man. God, God is like a God that has a sense of humor. I couldn't read. I wrote a book. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know? And I wrote this book that says, It's a New Beginning, How to Turn Setbacks into Comebacks. Mariano Rivera endorsed my book, Alonzo Mourning did the forward, Avery Johnson endorsed the book, David Tyree, that caught the football in his head from the Giants, endorsed the book. Here, here's, let me read to you what Mariano says here, man. And he's really saying this unto God, not unto me. Say, during my entire career as a New York Yankee, I have had the privilege of knowing Pastor Willie Alfonso. I am eternally grateful for the wisdom I received from him over the years. Now in this book, the rest of the world can experience the life and the ministry of a man who has been such a blessing to me. I know a good closure when I see one. This book will close the old chapters of your life and set you on a new beginning. Now, I'm just, I'm just trying to throw it out there at you, man. Because what God has done for me, he wants to do for he don't love me more than he loves you. But you got to get with the program. You got to be sold out, man. <clears throat> there ain't nobody, in my opinion, there's no one that's sold out for God more than me. Now, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I am a straight-up hallelujah. I'm a holy roller, whatever you want, that's me. Because I know where that came from. I know what God took me out of. I should be dead or dying of AIDS, or doing life in jail, but yet I'm here speaking to you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Everyone bow their head, close their eyes. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord God, thank you. I'm just so grateful, Lord God, for everything you've done in my life. But God, I know that you want to do the same, or not more, for those here this morning. Father, I pray that those that know you, those that know you, they've given their life to you, would reevaluate how they live for you. Make no difference how young or old they are, but they will reevaluate <clears throat> how they live for you, God. And if they're not living the way they should, if they're not serving the way they should, 
This church should not have to ask no one to volunteer. People should come out of the woodwork to volunteer. If they would step up and say, I want a new beginning. I want to come back. I'm going to serve you, Lord God, like I've never served you before. And if that's you, if you're a believer, and you know God's talking to you, you know that you're not serving God the way you should. Would you rededicate yourself to the Lord this morning? And if that's you, would you raise a hand and say, that's me? Matter of fact, I would ask you to stand. If you would just stand. That takes heart. It takes heart. You have to stand. It takes heart. God says, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you're a believer and you come to this church and you know, man, that you're not on top of your game, you need to get on top of your game, man. Stand up, man, so everyone can see you. And it's a dedication that I, I'm going to step up my game. Listen, I've done it many times. I've had to stand up myself because I know that I'm not flowing the way I should be flowing. Anybody else to stand? Come on, don't be ashamed, man. You know, this is between you and God, not between you and me. Not between you and, you know, you and your pastor. This is between you and God. And see, that's what starts the new beginnings. That's what starts the comebacks. When you have the audacity to stand and say, that's right, I need to get it right. That's what it takes to get your comeback. That's what it takes to get your new beginning. But sometimes you sit down because the devil don't want you to have a comeback. He don't want you to have a new beginning. So he tells you, nah, don't stand up. That's stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's not. It's God. Praise God. Y'all can sit. Then maybe, just maybe, there's someone out here that you've never given your life to Jesus, and today's your day. Today's your day. The Bible says the day of salvation is today, is now. Tomorrow is not promised. I want to get in my car and I want to go home, but that's not promised to me. Not promised to me. And if that's you, as everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, you've never given your life to the Lord, and you want to do that, you can do that right where you're sitting right now, just talk to him. Go ahead, tell him, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Go ahead, talk to him. I know that you went to the cross for me. Talk to him. I know that you shed your blood on that tree for me. For my past, present, and future sins. Go ahead, talk to him. Come into my heart. Forgive me. What you've done for pastor, will he do for me? And if that's you, would you raise a hand? Amen, brother. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Would you stand? Would you have the heart to stand? Would you have the nerve to stand, man? Not caring what people think? Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you do that, when you do that, it's like sending a message to God. I'm telling you, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you do that, that's like sending a message to God. I'm selling out for you. That's what God loves, man. That's what he loves. Anybody else to stand? Anybody else who have the audacity, the heart to stand? We're just going to take another 30 seconds because my time is done. Don't let the, Amen. Don't let the devil hustle you. Don't let him hustle you. He, listen, when I was sitting back there over 35 years, he was telling me, no, no, no. Had I not stood, look at all that I would have missed. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Come, come here. I want to pray with you. Come here. Come here. Come on, those of you who stood. Come here. Come here, I want to pray for you. Come here. Come here. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.
Come on, anybody else? This is your last shot, man. All right? Pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Say, dear God. Come on, I want to hear you. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know you went to the cross for me. I know you shed your blood for me. Forgive me, God. Give me a new beginning. Give me a comeback for my setbacks. I want to serve you. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me now let me let me say something to you. Let me say something very important. We were not made by God to deal with stuff by ourselves. We were made to God. We were made by God to look to Him and to look for a church community to come around us and help us. Don't leave and don't come back because the truth is you've done nothing but words. Words are cheap. Words got to be backed up with actions. This is a good church. This is a good pastor, good pastor's wife, good pastors, good leaders in this church. This is the place to be. Amen? Amen. You know what the Bible says? That when someone comes to the Lord, the angels in heaven rejoice. There's a party going on in heaven. Amen? Thank you.